break, draft, trade. Annie is going nuts. No, that's not Annie. I'm, is that your dog, MJ? It's a neighbor Who's dog. Who's barking? It's a neighbor dog. You need me to do something? Nick is going to freak. No, we're going to shoot it. Yeah, can you shoot it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can move rooms or like shut a door or something. All these options <laughs> that you can try before <laughs> shooting your neighbor's pets. <laughs> First thing, can you shoot it? Uh, okay, Nick, I'm going to need you to cut that out of the pod because we cannot have that that negativity with animals. I didn't mean really shoot it. Like maybe like a BB gun? I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's run through events. Dog barks. Can you shoot it? I ask her if it's hers. She says, no, it's someone else's. Can we shoot Listen, it? Listen, I panicked because I know how particular you are about sounds and noise. I mean, my leg shakes under the table and you detect that. So I was like, MJ, you're going to need to shoot the dog. <laughs> I hope like if we ever go out like partying again, that your first reaction when you panic isn't to start no. shooting. I promise. I promise I won't. I mean, I... It's like, what are you, what are you Joe Mixon? <laughs> Likes to go for us? Listen, the only thing, the only thing I'm shooting is going to be drinks. All right. We, we got to try other solutions first. We can't just jump to shooting only people. Only shooting drinks. I promise. Or dogs. Carl. Or dogs. Don't shoot the dogs. I won't shoot any dogs. That kills people, Carl. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a little aggressive. I apologize. Speaking of llamas. And hats. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Yes. Let me go move rooms and like shut a door and see if I can make that barking dog go away. Hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah, I don't hear the dog right now. Did the dog get better? I th I think he shot the dog. Did you kill the dog? I swear I did not shoot. The I dog. heard a loud bang and then no more dogs barking. <laughs> that was the door shutting to my bedroom. Sure. Don't worry. Was. <laughs> I did not shoot any dogs. Oh my god. I swear. <laughs> Break, draft, trade. Nick, what exactly, at, what aspect of these players did you want to talk about? Dynasty. The same thing we've done with all the other players. You know. Every week for the last month. All right, Noble, I, don't, well, like, I know I know this is your first time on the show, but we talk about Dynasty Fantasy Football. Okay. And so, like, here in the Super Bowl, we have players, and these players are players you roster in Dynasty yeah, Fantasy wait, Football. Okay. So... <laughs> Think of better questions of yeah. than are we going to drop Mahomes? But yes, that that's basically the the angle we're going for. Here. Okay. Don't drop Mahomes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like shooting a dog. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's your loud neighbor's dog. Yes, don't shoot dogs. I haven't heard that dog since. <laughs> I think he did shoot him. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, she my bestie. You're not fired. We're doubling your pay. Whenever Noble presses record, it goes. Blah, 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 blah. There. Yeah, no. I'm swimming <laughs> under the sea. That almost worked. Aren't they doing a live action? Or uh, aren't they bringing that back with Lin-Manuel Miranda? With like real fish? Please no. <laughs> that would be awful. Please no. No, I don't want a real flounder. I don't want a real scuttle. <laughs> with their mouth moving. Just an oyster sitting there. <laughs> All of Noble's catchphrases come from like the Mary Poppins era. I'm such a dork. It's not even funny. And I have a song for literally everything we talk about. I can like, I should be some kind of like jingle writer. Although I don't make up my own jingles. I just sing other people's yeah. jingles. <laughs>
So Jingle Singer. Mm -hmm. With a twist. A remixer. You're a Jingle A Jingle remixer. remixer. We, oh, we could call it a remix. That yeah. way when I sound terrible and people are like, what was that? I can be like, oh, I remixed it. Can we call you the DJ Khaled of Jingles? Yeah, I mean, how many times did I sing, ring the Several. You that missed was that. Favorite. Yep. Unfortunately, it was in reference to David Bell, who did... Nothing. Just barely more than nothing. He's no longer relevant. <laughs> oh, no. Anytime we say Bell, I sing the jingle. Yeah. Papa's got his own jingle. Papa. I need a jingle for Nick. Oh, I know. He's gone country. <laughs> Look at them boots. That's a jingle. No, I hate that one. <laughs> that might work. No. That is officially Nick's jingle. I don't even have rain boots. Yeah. Rain boots. Do people buy rain boots? You don't need rain boots, you need cowboy boots. And they don't make flat bill 10 gallon bucket hats. <laughs> you can make that. <laughs> can you imagine a flat bill one? It looked like the Brian Robinson hat, only for cowboys. <laughs> flat billed bucket hat? That's an oh, Amish hat. You know what? <laughs> That pretty, that pretty much is it. No, for real. Google, Google search that real quick. It's not gonna be good. Let's look up in our Amish hat. Look, Nick. There you go. Look at him with the beard. There we go. Uh, all right. For one, that's a neck beard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm Gina Noble, your hostess, and you can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. Allow me to introduce you to our fantasy brains. We have Mike, who can be found on Twitter at underscore Papa Bear Claw. Mike, say it all. <laughs> Don't say that. Say hello to all of your friends, <laughs> fans, fans. <laughs> Very good. You did what you were told. I did, right? Hello. Okay. All right. And of course, our favorite Iowa fan, Mr. Nick James, who can be found on Twitter at Iowa in the NFL. Say hello to all of the phalanges and family and fans and friends. Favorite Iowa fan. How many Iowa fans do you know? <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. One is my answer. Am I right? Did I get it right? <laughs> You're one of one. Can't go wrong. Did you say hi? Yes. Say hi again. I didn't hear you. Hi again. I didn't hear you. <laughs> and we have something really exciting today, and that is our very first podcast guest. He's a fantasy writer, a fantastic league mate, and practically a professional pod guest star. We have on Sleeper, MJR82, and on Twitter you can find him at Matt Reller, Mr. Matt Reller. Say hello to all of your friends as the professional guest of our pod today. Hello to all of my friends. Apparently listen to this podcast now. <laughs> so new I'm, friends. Re I'm really happy. Yay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. you guys have been friends for years. Iowa especially. We've been in leagues for three years, four years now. Yep. Yeah. So we're super excited to have you, MJ. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm glad you can make it. And um, MJ has been an integral part of 
of our fantasy community for several years and is always, always good if you ask advice. He chimes right in. He always has intelligent things to say. I always find his knowledge to be one that I trust. And so anyway, we are very happy to have MJ today. I appreciate that. You're, you're very welcome. I've known MJ as long as anybody on Sleeper, been playing in leagues with him as long as anyone on Sleeper. Back in the very beginning when I first really started getting into Dynasty, it was like we grouped up the commissions in a group chat and MJ was one of those people in the very first group chat that I made on Sleeper. This is an OG. It's one of my favorite league mates, one of the dudes I trade with the most. He's out there in these trade streets doing things. So, Ooh. yep. Super happy to have MJ on here as uh, the guest star of our pod. Trade streets? This sounds scandalous a little bit. Like, we're running trades in the back alleys. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. When you make the kind of deals me and Nick do, you never know, man. You might have to go to those backdoor deals sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mike, how, how long have you known MJ? Like, who, who's Mr. 82? Because AZ Pack fan, I just moved it back to MJ, basically. I did the same thing. Nick actually had to tell me, you know that that's MJ. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like. I pulled the mask off. It was like Scooby-Doo when they were like, ooh. Mr. Baker, you know? <laughs> it's, really, it's old man Witherby. He was just messing with this in Players Mid Park the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, so how long are you guys gonna keep me in the dark about this? Like And MJ wouldn't have would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those damn kids. Yes. Yeah. Blasted kids. <laughs> Nick three under the box. <laughs> Blasted kids in Iowa always getting me. <laughs> so Matt, yes. do you have um any interesting leagues that you'd like to share? Something special or different in fantasy football that you'd like to share with uh, our podcast today? Well, as part of all of this knowledge and being a fantasy person for so long, I have actually been playing fantasy football for 27 years. I was 14 years old when this league started. Wow. How we... (laughs) Now I got to flip those numbers around. So that's a long time. 27 years I've been playing fantasy football. 27? Seven years? Is that what she said? 27 years? Am I even 27 years old? Yes. <laughs> I believe you are. I am, but we don't talk about Pretty that. Pretty sure you're 21 again. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell. And the league that I started in that I've been playing in the longest, it's a league that at its foundation is basically who's exciting to watch. So you get points for yardage once you hit certain benchmarks. That's literally all the tenant was, is who's the exciting player to watch. Those are the guys you want to own. Those are the guys you want on your team. You want the most exciting people. Everything that I've done as a fantasy manager moving forward has always had that lens to it. I want the exciting player. I am willing to take the risk. I don't just want boring, safe guy that's going to give me five catches for 50 yards. I would rather have the one catch for 70 yards and a touchdown or nothing. So that's always kind of been my foundational. I want the exciting guy. Um, that sounds like a barrel of anxiety. What was the benchmark and yards? If I remember correctly, it was like if you went under 70 yards, you scored zero and you don't get any points for catches. Is that the league? The benchmark for running backs and wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, it's 70 yards combined rushing receiving for the quarterbacks it's 250 yards now is the benchmark that you have to hit for your and then every 25 yards after that you get points for passing yards 
What? It takes a while. You have to have a good game for you to start getting points, and then after that, you can start getting the yards. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's nothing. Otherwise, it's touchdowns or nothing. So it's basically like this funky standard league. It's hard to think about because most of everyone here is PPR or half PPR based. To so going back to the old school standard way of thinking, it messes with you because the dude that gets one carry for one touchdown is way more important than the dude that's getting three catches for 30 yards out of the backfield. It just is. And it messes you up. And all of a sudden you're drafting fullbacks and not some backup running back that should have a lot more value because he's more involved in the game. But because the opportunity for the touchdown is there, you would rather own like a Mike Allstott or a Jerome Bettis back in the day to pull names out of the hat that would have those oh, Jerome Bettis. three carries, three yards, three touchdowns. That dude kicked my butt, and I had a guy on here that had seven carries, 56 yards, but no touchdown. Way more involved. <laughs> what the heck? So mm -hmm. just really messed with my line of thinking. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So important question here. What section of hell did this idea come out of? <laughs> Makes it tough. It was my uncle's idea, but I kind of helped mold it as far as getting at least the benchmarks in there. Because before that, it was just a standard league. And that was messing with me. I had been playing PPR leagues. That would have been like, sufficient. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with that. <laughs> well, there was guys that were getting touchdowns, but and there was other guys that were getting a bunch of yards, but not the touchdowns. So I wanted to find a way to give those guys value while still maintaining the okay. integrity of the league that was there. I'm having an anxiety attack actually thinking about this league right now. Like, like I'm definitely co-managing with Nick on this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out, buddy. <laughs> I'm just a pretty face in your profile picture here. I would be able to show you league rankings from previous years, and you would be able to pick it up pretty quick as far as the slight adjustment you would need to make from what you know now to what you would able to be competitive in this league. You wouldn't need to adjust that much. You would just want to take a little more risk than you usually do. Instead of taking the safe guy, you would rather have the upside guy like a Devonta Smith would be a little more valuable than, say, a Keenan Allen. Okay in my eyes, because a Keenan Allen doesn't really have the touchdown upside, the big play upside, whereas Devonta Smith, he's gonna get the big play. So he's gonna get those bonuses. He's gonna get those extra yards. Well, cool. Well, that's that's very interesting. And, and too, well, I do like hearing about different types of fantasy leagues because we do get a little bit stuck in our bubble of normalcy in the fantasy world. So it is, it's intriguing and it's interesting to listen to creative fantasy leagues. So thank you for sharing that anxiety fest of specialness. <laughs> of course. Peace, love, and prosper to you. It's different. It's got that <laughs> special place in my heart. It's the one I care most about because I've been in it the longest. It's funny. I think we all have that. Nick and Mike, do you guys have like your first league ever? Are you still a part of that? Like, is that still, I feel like everybody has that story of like, oh, it's my home league. It's where like my fantasy world got started. Do you guys both have that? Mine's dead. Yours died. I think mine might die this yeah. year. I'm not going to lie, but. I mean, my first football league did run for over 10 years. It started as like a family league, kind of went into friends and it was every five catches got you two points. 
okay. But it was only on increments of five catches. So five catches got you two points. Nine catches got you two points. Beasley wide receiver one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ten catches got you four points. It was great. But, you know, the yards and everything were, you know, regular. Um, Well, Mm. my original league literally just changed over to half point PPR last year. It was standard league scoring and it was on ESPN's platform. It was like awful. I know. So we're we're finally half point PPR, but I don't think I don't think it's gonna live to see another day. Craig actually won that league this year, but oh yeah, it's dead. Yeah, so forget that league. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a, I think I'm a three time champ in that league. I don't want to brag or anything, but yeah. and then Nick, I know I'm in one of your original leagues. Isn't that what the um, keeper league is? I'm in that. Yeah, you're in that too, Mike. Wasn't that one of the OGs for you? Yeah, that league's been going since like my freshman year in college. It's a little different. It's not a dynasty. It's not a redraft. It's a four player keeper, and it's a little bit weird rules. But like the scoring things are like the quarterbacks score a ton and the defenses score a ton, and you play two defenses, which I hate. So defenses go from something that doesn't matter that you just stream every week to something that it matters whether you have a bad defense or a good defense and i know nothing about defenses like ever ever you know what i know about defenses i never have the right one that's what i know <laughs> it's a lot of chance that's the one you beat me in two years ago Gina. you were in that league ah. no no no, 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 this no, is keep, the Keeper League. Oh, okay. He's in the Dynasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the OG Shady Nasty or whatever I am in that league. I was pretty good in that league. <laughs> both those leagues have that weird scoring setting, and it was kind of like similar to both Mike and MJ's story where it has weird scoring because we set it up like over 10 years ago where we were trying to come up with a better way to do it. But like we were ahead of the curve. We had 10-team 2QB. Mm. Uh, we used kick return yards too when we first set it up they were way too highly rewarded so like percy harvin was the best player to have in the entire league because he kick returned and was just a normal wide receiver so he was the best player to have randall cobb was the bomb because he also returned and whatnot what we use as our assumption settings is just your normal 12 team super flex default ppr four point passing touchdown no tight end premium so unless we say otherwise that's basically the assumption we're using is that it's p PPR, Superflex, non-tight end premium. And then you're starting like 10 players on 12 teams. So 120 players a week, rostering about 300. That's like our assumptions for normal. Yes. So in speaking about assumptions, this is a great place to go into. So MJ, back to you. What is your perspective when you're choosing players or targeting players, drafting players? What exactly is it that you're looking for? Um, How would you describe your best overall strategy strategy or your mentality for dynasty uh for dynasty i want to look at the two to three year windows where i want to be competitive my overall strategy is literally just to make the playoffs every year and from there hope that everything works out and i get hot at the right time and make the win i don't want to be in a full rebuild i don't like to try to overhaul the entire roster. I want to stay competitive. I don't like just floundering at the bottom. I, I don't want to waste my time trying to rebuild. I get that that's a full strategy in Dynasty, and sometimes you need to. I would rather just retool and look at the two to three year window and keep looking for the exciting guy that is maybe a little undervalued by the rest of the community. And that's always kind of been my 
overall writing strategy is find the exciting player. When you say find the exciting player after just discussing this fantasy league, do you think that that spills over into your strategy a little bit, that you're a little more in tuned to looking for that big boom guy? Yes, I do think that that informs that lens. I'm always going to be looking for the guy that I think is a little less valued because he shines brightly in this weird league. Shine bright like a diamond. Sorry. There, <laughs> there has been plenty of times where that strategy has worked out well. Yeah. Like Devontae Smith recently, Mike Williams recently has performed over expectations, I would believe, versus what they were expected to do. What about like a Zay Jones type of player? I'm uh, not so much on the Zay Jones. I would be more on the Christian Kirk train. The overall route running ability of the wide receiver. Oh, the multi multi million dollar man. Yes. So you so you you like Christian Kirk? Okay. I do like Christian Kirk's overall ability. I like his route running ability. I like his size. I like his build as a receiver. The question with him is whether or not Calvin Ridley is going to take away too much from what he's able to do in that system. Doug Peterson's pretty wide open pass first system is gonna allow a guy like Christian Kirk's kind of volume, knows his routes, knows the route tree, can run any route at any time. He's gonna be able to still perform in that system, but I would think a Calvin Ridley is gonna be able to have the more explosive plays. So I would rather invest in a guy like him. With you saying you like to look for the exciting players, would you say when you're drafting, you have a tendency to possibly reach on occasion more so than your average person as far as their ADP goes? Yeah, that's versus ADP as far as where I'm pulling a guy from. To say it in another way, do you go in like for your guys? I know just drafting a bunch with Mike, he's a very value-based drafter. He is going to take what he thinks is the most valuable player on the board and then trade afterwards. Doesn't matter how necessarily he's building his team, he can always trade later. Especially if their names are Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, just saying. Now, some people go in and they're going after their, their guys where maybe it might be a little bit of reach but they're getting their guys are you more of a my guy person or a value-based drafter i lean more towards the my guy drafter i have names that i would rather own than other names there's players that i want the more exciting one i don't want the boring guy i don't want the one that i look at and go i just don't want to own him a drake london is gonna be exciting but he just doesn't excite me and i don't know do it for you yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, There's nothing that goes, yeah, that's my guy. You know what I mean? Like, I want to root for that guy. It just it looks okay as a wide receiver, and it doesn't look flashy. <laughs> you can actually see the Falcons play? <laughs> I can never find one of their games on. Yeah. I've seen them play. I've seen, I've seen live games. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't feel like there's actually anything exciting about the Falcons playing ever. But So speaking of my guys, which I feel like I should be singing, my guys talking about my guys only i know it's my girl i changed it i did my own jingle there let's talk about your guys let's talk about quote my guys i want to know who mj's guys are good bad or indifferent like who were, were your truthers and guys that you were really high on and stuck on those guys whether they worked out or they didn't who were those guys for you mj most recently devonta smith has been Kind of my my wide receiver, especially when A.J. Brown came to town. I feel like the entire community just 
dropped Devonta Smith down because A.J. Brown was now going to hog all the targets. I thought his play style was going to complement A.J. Brown's perfectly. His big playability, you have the defense kind of having to bracket coverage A.J. Brown. Now you have single coverage with Devonta Smith, and he's going to beat that every single time. So I'm going to definitely go towards that player because I think even when he has those games where he disappears and he's wide receiver 65 on a week, he's going to have enough wide receiver 12, wide receiver 2, wide receiver 1 weeks to buoy you and get you over the hump of those weeks where he's not performing as well. Mike, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with MJ in his conversation about Devonta Smith here? You know, what are your thoughts on on the my guys Devonta Smith spin? Absolutely. I mean, I don't really go into I don't try not to go ahead and go for my guys. I mean, I know we were talking about reaching before and I, I really don't think anybody's reaching when they're kind of taking their guys. They just have a, a different value than cons- consensus and sometimes you just kind of get a little ahead of the game there. But uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown do complement themselves very well. I mean, he just had a wide receiver one season so i don't know how much longer you're going to be able to buy that low i mean maybe when we're talking about my guys it might be a reach everywhere yeah. <laughs> well i mean yeah you shouldn't be drafting miles gaskin stuff. Well, ever. <laughs> no. listen i do want to be totally upfront and honest i have not actually physically drafted miles gaskin in a while so i just want everybody to know good okay I think he's dead. Like, I think we're done with us. It is kind of wild, though, that A.J. Brown, wide receiver 8, uh, Devonta Smith, wide receiver 9 last year, and there are several rounds in between them. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Brown's older, and he's got a bigger name. People like him more. He's been around longer. I just don't see there being that much of a gap, so I do really like the value on Smith. Devonta Smith, I had him in my redraft league, right? And we only have four bench spots. In that situation, when somebody is not performing, you got to make some tough decisions. So there's a lot of people on waivers that you could be going for. And I was so close to dropping him. And then I held on to him and I think I put him on my bench a little bit. And then all of a sudden it all started meshing. And I was like, oh my God, thank you for being smart and not dropping him. Cause he ended up being a big factor. Yeah. He had a slow start to his season, but he came on strong, especially down the stretch. So was really good. Very strong. Yeah. Nick, did you have anything to add to Devonta Smith? Yes. Multiple, actually, rank for me. MJ, Papa, Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I hate it. I hate this. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I think I got it. I, I'm going to go in the order that you said them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How did, what was the order you said them? Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore. I would flip Pittman and Moore in that order then. I would go Smith, Moore, and Pittman. I know. I imagine that either of them got a quarterback. Not yet. Not yet. They will in the draft, <laughs> allegedly. Nick, do you have Moore first? I would do it in reverse. So I would go Moore, Pittman, Smith. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Nick I have him. perpetually undervalued Devonta Smith, and he's outperformed where I would have valued him him going into this season, going into rookie drafts. So it's probably time for me to do like some kind of a course correction there. But as of right now, that three is a tier for me. So I was kind of curious your order. You prefer all three to Chris Godwin? I would. I think I would have Godwin over Pittman. Oh, that's t- that's tricky. Yeah. Not a fan of Pittman, huh? Is he a Drake London? A little bit. Uh, Pittman's a little bit stinky to me too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I see... A guy that's ever going to be more than a really good wide receiver, too, for an NFL team. And that scares me about a guy that I'm drafting up at the level where I want a wide receiver one 
at some point, and I just don't think he's ever going to get there. Yeah, he's an anxiety fest for me. Not a big play guy. He's a big guy. He's a jump ball guy. He's only 25, maybe an older version of Drake London. I mean, Drake London is 21 and a half, so that's part of the allure with him. Sure. Would you prefer Drake London to Devonta Smith, though? I would not. I would want Devonta Smith. I don't think I would either. Prefer Devonta Smith. Yeah. Is that close? Smith every day of the week. Oh, oh. If Drake London can show a slightly more aggressive approach at attacking the ball at high point, I will be more on Drake London's train. Right now, I think he doesn't do that enough. I don't think he does well on contested catches. Let's get him a QB that throws more than 18 times a game, and we'll see what happens. That is a very fair point, because Desmond Did, did Drake London get a single pass with him? <laughs> All right, so we discussed Devonta Smith. Who else is one of MJ's my guys? My guy! Well, just because I love his personal story, Josh Jacobs has been a my guy in his entire career. Oh, I love Josh Jacobs! I knew you would like this one. I'm a Josh Jacobs truther. <laughs> Good. I love Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. And he showed up this year for sure. So that was helpful. Oh, in but, such a big way, Josh. Yay! According to reports, he has said that even if he is franchise tag, he is not holding out. So he will be a my guy going into next year for me as well. Because I still think he's trying to get that bag. They're going to use the heck out of him. Yay! Let's go. Josh Jacobs is pretty high on my list as far as running backs I want to own. If they franchise tag him, they definitely should have just picked up the fifth-year option. Yes, uh, they should have. Everything was getting hired right at the same time they had to choose, whether they picked up his fifth-year option and they chose just to decline Josh Jacobs. So if they end up tagging him, that's going to be... It's going to be a bad look. A silly move. But they might have to to keep him. <laughs> I mean, if he gets tagged there, then like what after that? Maybe he gets a smaller contract because he's older and then how much is left and if he's got to change his system there. He's young. Ugh. He's about to turn 25. Young? Almost 25, exactly. Yeah, he's 25. Oh, no, that's gonna be geriatric 26. with the screw. You can't. That's over the hill. <laughs> no. It's not that it's geriatric. It's just, I, I've always loved Jacobs. I, I just loved him as a ball carrier when he was like first in the league and he's just kind of like disappointing those first couple of seasons and then blows up the last year before his contract and I'm just kind of feeling a little bit of a trap coming. You, you got that Le'Veon Bell feel a little bit? Uh -huh. Yeah, like he's gonna, he's, gonna either, he's gonna get paid or he's gonna get tagged and like the tag, it's like, all right, great. He's on the Raiders. Who's their quarterback next year? It's true. He might be in a four-day dark period. Yeah, and then like if he's not on the Raiders, like where does he go? Like Miami? Yeah, maybe he's going mm. to a darkness retreat. Yeah, the Raiders quarterback might be in a darkness retreat right now. He could. Maybe he should do that. Well, it's probably not going to be Derek Carr. That's only if you go to, like, the Texans. One Hall of Famer for another Hall of Famer. I will say, if you got Josh Jacobs last season in a redraft, you stole his value. Mm -hmm. People were staying away from him like the stinky kid on a playground, and they're like, no, Josh Jacobs isn't going to do anything. So I guarantee you, you were laughing all the way to the bank with Josh Jacobs on your redraft team. Redraft, you stole Josh Jacobs. You stole him, and you look friggin' brilliant. Yay. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong on that one. Uh, okay, but you wrong, though. <laughs> Don't you tell me I'm wrong. Don't you do it. If we wanted to get to my guys in the opposite direction that did not work out. Yes, we do want to hear some of these. Historically, one big one for me is Corey Davis. 
I loved him coming out. I thought he was going to be the next. Yeah, he's going to be the best wide receiver since sliced bread. Or he's going to be average his entire career. Mm -hmm. And yeah, darn it. Uh, or there's also Brian Edwards. Well, the problem with sliced bread is everybody's doing keto. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Another my guy recently was Brian Edwards, wide receiver from Oakland, or now Las Vegas, which also doesn't look great now. Oh, Oakland. <laughs> so those were two that didn't work out. Yeah. Not so much. My oldest dynasty that is like a full-fledged dynasty. In the startup, I got Corey Davis and Royce Freeman. Nice. Two of the things that absolutely ruined that team the first year. <laughs> It'd break a lot of hearts, man. Corey Davis was like going above like Cooper Cup. That was the same draft class, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. No regrets at all. None. <laughs> Corey Davis kind of got paid like Christian Kirk got paid, but then Christian Kirk actually ended up being worth something where Corey Davis right. faded to a Christian Kirk at least had a good first half of his season. Yeah, faded off a little towards the end. I mean, if they trade Elijah Moore and then go get Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, maybe Corey Davis? If he follows that other Green Never Bay know. quarterback's career path, yeah, he'll play for the Jets next season. And then in two seasons, he'll play for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in Minnesota in no time. Yeah, Jefferson and Rodgers. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. That would be good. I don't want that at all. <laughs> no. I don't want to hear Rogers to Jefferson. God, no. I do not like that. Ed Hawk. <laughs> Go to Minnesota and get Randy Moss. Who would be Randy Moss? Wait, are we talking about Jay Jets here? Yeah. Was Jay, Jay yeah. Jets was just Who's that? Yes, he was. Yeah. Who's that? Now that I know who that is. You do. Mike, curious. Who was your truther that just didn't pan out this season? Specifically this season? Um, yeah, sp this season, specifically. Yeah, well, you know what? Let, let's go with the uh, double down on Terrace Marshall. I, I never let go on that. I figured maybe it was just a quarter back away or a coach and it's just still not looking great i probably still roster too many of him i feel like at the end of the season like he was one of those guys that i was like what the heck like he's actually putting up numbers i should have played him over yeah like in a flex position i could have gotten away with him over some of the people who should have been putting up numbers yeah unfortunately he's probably just on the field because there's really nobody else and there is nobody like literally the water boy could have probably scored yeah. as many points but all right anybody else that comes to mind Cam Akers? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he looked good at the end of the season, so there's some hope there. I was going to say, he had a couple of good weeks. Uh, Antonio Gibson? Mike Evans had a bad year. Carson Wentz was a gross one. Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Oh, my God. Pukesville. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he's going to do next I year. I thought he'd be a good value. Could be on a whole new team next year. Very li very likely. He could be a, uh, not a Colt. Yeah. And he probably won't be part of the Frank Reich's thing going in uh, Carolina, so probably not there. Probably not the Saints. Doubt it. Nick? Who is your, besides Vaughn, Kayshawn Vaughn, who's constantly your truther? <laughs> Who this year specifically? I mean, don't think I didn't see Nick taking him off of waivers every once in a while. And every time I saw Nick pick him up, I had to give a little giggle. But I'm like, oh, man, he's so holding on to hope. Oh, Elijah Moore. Oh, uh, there's another one? Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's me too. Yeah. And Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as others. <laughs> yep. Anybody we haven't mentioned, Nick, that you can honestly say, man, it, I'm just, it's done. We're over. We're breaking up. You are 
are not ever going to be relevant. If you go with like rookies, which it may be a little bit too soon to know for sure there, but I was pretty high on Pierre Strong Mm -hmm. and that hasn't materialized into anything so far. Now, Damian Harris leaving, even Kevin Harris didn't look that bad, but Pierre Strong would be one that hasn't popped for me yet. There are several second round wide receivers this year that uh, Mm -hmm. didn't exactly do great for me, like David Bell, uh, Mechie, more like a third, but Jalen Tolbert, wide receivers you're putting decently valuable draft stock in that haven't turned out to be anything. Those would be uh, several that are definitely ones that I liked a lot that didn't work out. A couple of the other ones would be like what Mike said with like Antonio Gibson. Like I doubled down on him and that still hasn't worked out. Mm, Yeah, that's stinky feet. All right, Miles Gaskin would probably be my Yep. I'm just saying, um, I'm still waiting for his boom <laughs> to come back. I got him for free. You overpaid. If you paid a roster spot, you overpaid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, he's been on my roster, so I just need to drop him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was this fun game that was played this past Sunday. You know, it's not a big deal. It isn't like it was anything major. It was just the Super Bowl. So let's get into the Super Bowl and let's... Let's talk about some of the key players from Super Bowl Sunday. Um, the good old Chiefs are once again on top. They come out on top. It was a great game. Like, I know I didn't really have any skin in the game. I just wanted to see good football, and we most definitely got good football. So it was exciting. It kept you on the edge of your seat till the very last play. I was a little hurt for Hurts. I mean, I, I was, I really do like Jalen Hurts. And I was definitely pulling for him. Um, we discussed that probably your most obvious 101 is going to be split between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So Hertz coming into the season was probably drafted more of a second round pick. But after this just tremendous season that he has put up, definitely moving into one of your top fantasy picks, especially with quarterbacks being such a position of scarcity and the unknown going into next year with with a few quarterbacks. So Mahomes probably holding strong at the 101. Where do we feel Jalen Hurts has moved to? Where are we seeing him in drafts? And especially after watching the complete season, like, do we think he's like top three? Would you guys draft him top three? MJ, we'll start with you. You're our guest. Be our guest, Jalen Hurts. Okay. <laughs> what? I personally... <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I was be our guest. Put your knowledge to the test. Tell us about these quarterbacks. What was this? She's quiet. I think that was Be our guest. She was doing a remix. Thank you, MJ. She was being my very own here or the teapot. I forget her name. Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. How could I forget? Put your fantasy Mm. knowledge to the test. We want to know. Quarterbacks, Mm. are we? The only words I know are the title of that movie. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty Beauty and the Beast. beast. More than that song. All right, so is he a beauty or is he a beast? (laughs) I think Jalen Hurts is a beauty. Um, Going into the playoffs, I had kind of a three-horse quarterback race for me as far as who was in the top three. It was Mahomes, Allen, and I had Justin Herbert up there. I've always liked that kid. I think his running ability, his the offense that he's in, they just always allow him to throw. So I want him. Jalen Hurts with his play this playoffs and in that Super Bowl has definitely entered into that conversation of being worthy of a top four 
overall pick and he should definitely be in that conversation the offense that they're in allows him to use all of his strengths the running that he has squats are a ridiculous amount very strong that quarterback sneak is basically indefensible when they have three people pushing behind him he's going to get rushing touchdowns with that his rushing is going to be intense and if i love devonta smith i definitely want the quarterback that's throwing to him so yeah give me some jalen hurts stack baby yeah exactly all right so mj herbert or hurts <sighs> It's going to be tough all offseason. That's going to be my battle in my mind. If you ask me today, I think with recency bias, I lean Hurts just because of the offense that he has, the weapons that he has. It's going to be greater sign Herbert going into this year. Okay. But it's darn close for me. Okay. Mike, Jalen Hurts, where are you ranking him and Herbert or Hurts? Uh, five, uh, Herbert. You would pick Herbert? Yeah, I'll take Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, and Burrow over Hurts just for longevity. They don't rely as much much on that heavy rushing game there, especially with seeing all the injuries to like Kyler and Lamar kind of train wreck seasons this past year and going into now 23 with the same thing. I just think it's a little safer to just take more of a pocket passer. I know it's kind of funny calling like Mahomes or Allen a pocket passer, but you know, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is not a giant like Josh Allen. Uh, he's closer to more of like a Lamar. He's shorter, but he's got a thicker build to him, so I kind of like that lower yeah. foundation. But the running, it does add the risk, but being the riverboat gambler I am, I'll take it. All right, Nick, you're really big on Herbert, so I'm curious, Herbert or Hurts? Similar to MJ here, I've had Herbert as a top three QB basically most of the way through the season. But even here in the Super Bowl, which we just watched, Jalen Hurts fancy-wise put up 40 points. Your 1.01 put up 23. And that's the difference between a quarterback that offers rushing upside that can be the best part of what they are as a quarterback. And then there's games during the season where he puts up great stats, great fantasy points, where very little of it came from rushing. The team tried to take that part away, and he's beat them in other ways. So I think Jalen Hurts is kind of defense-slash-game-script proof specifically for fantasy. Even with that being said, I'm not moving him above like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, which offer a similar kind of upside, but also like, I really only try to think like next year, like two years in a two year window. But if you think like three years, Hertz should be close to here as long as he gets paid this off season, which I think is going to happen. Yeah. So as soon as he gets paid, then other people are going to bump him to this spot where you can put him right now because it's almost, I'm almost certain that he's going to be paid at this point. Point. And with the performance in that Super Bowl, I'd be surprised if he didn't get paid. Three rushing touchdowns plus. So you say Hertz, Herbert, Burrow, all of them get paid. How do you rank them now? I still, I want Hertz a little bit more than Herbert at this point. Yeah. It's really a question with him and Burrow. But if you want to take him three, third QB off the board, I'm with it. I love me some Jalen Hurts. Love Hurts. Love Scott. <laughs> <laughs> So would you say it's it's fair to say that Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence probably were the two biggest movers and quarterbacks this season up? Really didn't move far. He's kind of fallen behind a couple of guys that moved up. Hurts moved up one, two, three, four, five, six slots or so, seven slots or so. He's a big jumper for sure. T-Law moved up some. He's a riser though. Tua was a big jump. Yeah, but Tua is also 
also a question mark right now medically. Kenny Pickett was a big jump. Yeah. He was like 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th QB off the board. And now he's going to go in like your top 16 QBs typically. Daniel Jones, big jumper. So no, I don't think he's necessarily the biggest mover. But if you want to say the guy who moved up, who ended up the highest yeah. is Jalen Hurts because it's still Josh Allen and Mahomes at one yeah. and two as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I don't want to change the subject from football. What we do have an ice skating move that I often love to talk about, and that is the Pacheco. Palm Checo. Palm Checo. So we have Pacheco, McKinnon, and um, CH, who was actually deemed inactive for the game, which is interesting. <laughs> Ooh, he was salty too. Oh. <laughs> deemed inactive. He was like, I was active last Super Bowl. <laughs> So, um, I mean, does it really matter? I don't know that he even is relevant right now, but we do have an amazing ice skating move who, speaking of rookies, we weren't really sure what was going to happen there. And he's been a real surprising rookie that has come out with value. Him and McKinnon. What type of value? I I would say more on Pacheco than McKinnon. Am I I right there? Like, Pacheco's got some real value. Yeah. McKinnon's going to be 31 in an unrestricted free agent. Wait, he's 31? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I want zero parts of Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Doesn't he have, like, to worry about his hips and knee replacements at this point? Yes. He did that earlier in his career. Just about. I mean, if you think 26 and 27 starting to get geriatric, I don't know what you think 31 is around here. So, I don't want any parts of Jarek McKinnon. I really want Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's going to be great. It'll be interesting to see what happens as far as the split goes with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco moving forward. I personally think Pacheco is more explosive, more exciting. I've been high on yeah. him even early in the offseason when I saw a interview with him that said, I can't wait to go in there and take another grown-ass man's job. So just that inner that attitude of, yeah. I want to go in there and get it. He's feisty. He's definitely feisty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you see that on the field. He's, yeah. he's got that little extra intensity to him. So I like that attitude. And Andy Reid's not afraid to play a unheralded guy versus a first-round pick. I mean, he played Brian Westbrook, who was a fifth-round pick, over uh, Waters back in the day, who was a higher pick. He's done that several times throughout his career. So... It wouldn't shock me if you just said Pacheco's the guy. Mike, is Pacheco a target of yours? Target? Not really. But I'm not like avoiding him. Not a backfield that's just really intriguing for me. I mean, what are we looking at? Like a, a low-end RB2 upside? Okay. Split carries between him and whoever else they had off their practice squad. But what are, didn't like Derek Gore like get carries over Clyde last year? They'll pretty much use anyone they can over them. So not a strong backfield that you're ever targeting any type of running back from. No, but, but I mean, Pacheco did look really good in the playoffs. So, I mean, that was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And if he can translate that into next year, you get a great value out of him. Historically, the Andy Reid running back has been worth owning. Yeah. Okay. Nick, uh, any comments on the ice skating move? They have to decide pretty soon whether they pick up CEH's fifth-year option. They might not. Any thoughts on that? They could totally trade him. For They've obviously showed they're not super excited about him, that they're willing to take the seventh-round RB, Pacheco. And McKinnon, who won people fantasy leagues this year, just coming on at the end of the season. Like MJ said, whatever RB is getting the work for Kansas City, you're going to like 
it. That offense is going to score a lot of touchdowns, a lot of points, a lot of yards. You probably want the RB on that team. Do I think Pacheco is above replacement? No, I'm not. I, I don't know that he's like awesome, like where that they couldn't just spend a third round draft pick next year and find somebody better than Pacheco or sign one of these free agents that are going to be hitting the market here soon and be better than Pacheco. So he's like got a glass floor. Mm. You crack it and he could fall a ton in value. But let's say they don't yeah. and they bring in someone else who's like a 31 year old replacement. At least he offers you some rushing. He's not super involved in the past game. So like in a PPR league, it's like that lofty ceiling really isn't there. So this is something where if you're taking it, you're hoping that he doesn't get a whole lot of competition in the rushing game and he can be a kind of consistent RB2. But is that something you go out and target and try to get? Eh, not someone I'm super excited about. Definitely not excited about old or old McKinnon and CEH. Just, he's just going to have to end up somewhere where they have some RB injuries and he gets a lot of work. I, I don't know what to think about him either. None of these guys are really guys I'm targeting, even though I want Kansas City backs. It's just, I'm not sure any of these guys are above replacement. What if Kansas City drafts B. John Robinson? Oh, that would be so cool for Bijan, right? Filthy. Yeah. That'd be filthy. <laughs> yep. And then they'll take someone in the seventh round and play him over Bijan. Jacob's <laughs> still getting carries, darn it. <laughs> I was envisioning more of a Miles Gaskin in Kansas City, but I mean. Mm. Him and Ronald Jones can fight it out for practice squad. Somebody else mentioned that Melvin Gordon was a running back in Kansas City, too, and I completely forgot yeah. about him. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was the thing. He got a ring. Imagine, imagine Saquon there. <laughs> Saquon, Saquon. That would be insane. That would be. I don't want to imagine that. Three more Super Bowls later. All right, so let's move on from the Kansas City backfield and let's move into the Eagles backfield. Now, the Eagles backfield was very intriguing to me. RB1 in the Eagles, last I checked, was Miles Sanders, but it was not that, it didn't look that apparent in the Super Bowl. No backs for Philadelphia no. score touchdown. Hurts got him out. Just Hurts. <laughs> yeah, Hurts stuck him. There was one like a Boston Scott got close but anyway i mean at, so did game yeah, well. I, I thought game he did. Well was just like a half a yard short on one boston squad always gets close because they run him at the goal line he's already close <laughs> but, like at one point i literally texted the group chat and was like what is going on is miles sanders like hurt what where is miles sanders so interesting strategy for the eagles going with boston scott and kenneth gainwell for that game what does this mean for miles sanders do you guys have worry? I mean, I know a lot of people are not very high on Sanders to begin with. I think Cartman likes him some Miles Sanders. Me too. Okay. Nick Nick likes Miles Sanders. Unfortunately. Are you concerned <laughs> after watching that Super Bowl game that he might not be the go-to moving forward? Before we go to MJ, I just want to let you know that Kennedy Gainwell and Miles Sanders each had seven carries in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just was about to say that too. Yes. They, they had the same amount of carries? Yes. Miles Sanders didn't yeah. do much with it and Kenny Gainwell had yeah. some catches for 20 yards that actually scored him. But Gainwell scored the most with 8.1 fantasy points in a PPR league. Nobody did well, even though Gainwell looked okay. Yeah, how, What? so where does this leave you with those three running backs in Dynasty? Uh, to be honest, it's a really messy backfield. And until they get a guy that looks like he's not going to fall apart in two seasons, I will be a lot more interested. Miles Sanders' body type just looks thin and like it's 
gonna break down very quickly. So I've never been high on Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell looked flashy in spots, but he's really shifty. Yeah, he's got some elusiveness to him. He can run around a guy, but it just yeah, that's all he's got. But he's got that. He can catch. Yeah, he's depth out of the backfield. He's a good scat back, but I don't know he's ever gonna be much more than that. So I don't know that I would ever want to target somebody like that. And then Boston Scott, I've never been high on. There was a couple of years ago where it was thought that Boston Scott was gonna be this awesome PPR back and. He's been irrelevant every year he's been here. Yeah, so are, we're pretty much kind of taking, are we taking a wide berth around Eagles running backs right now? Like, unless you can get them for some ridiculous value, we're certainly not targeting any Eagles backfield. If for some reason Kenneth Gainwell were to drop in a draft, I would not hesitate to scoop him up, and he's about the only one I would do that on. Mike. Yes. <laughs> Mike. How, how are you treating the Eagles backfield as far as Dynasty goes? I mean, the whole backfield itself, I'm unsure of who's going to be in it next year, but uh, Miles Sanders seems to be, it depends on who you're like trying to acquire him from. Like, I can't get him from Nick, but I mean, a lot of people pr might even go ahead and move him from an er for an early second or like a future first. That might be worth, worth it, you know, if he gets a contract somewhere else and is not an Eagle, even if he is re-signed to the Eagles. Boston Scott's a backup, but if you have an extra bench spot and that's the best player on waivers go for other than that obviously that's not really a dynasty consideration and Gainwell I mean I agree with what you said he's kind of like a scat back but I mean he could be like a, a good third down back I just don't think he could be like the primary running back on that team that going into next year so I think it's just as easy you know just as easy as them signing somebody else or, or drafting somebody else bringing them in yeah this is just both shitty backfields like to really think I mean <laughs> I mean, I don't like Sanders, but I mean, he, he was disappointing for a bit. Like, this year he did really well. Of them all, Pacheco's the only one I actually like. And even him is like, he's going to get replaced probably. Yeah. Like, that's a very fair point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, he looked good. Like, he's def he's definitely better than Clyde. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got for you. That's not hard to beat. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Clyde, but... No. <sighs> well, Sanders is one of my more rostered RBs, yeah. and he did so terrible in the fantasy playoffs. Like, he did not score over 6.1 points in the fantasy playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all three weeks. And he played all three weeks. Like, it was so bad. You're right to say that it, Kenny Gamewell looks like... A Occasionally a carrier, a touch here and there where it's like, whoo, man, maybe this, this guy isn't bad. And Sanders being a free agent, if they don't bring him back and they bring in somebody who's like Boston Scott level behind or with Gainwell, Gainwell could end up being like a value now in drafts where it'd be worth a little bit more by the time the season rolls around. But Gainwell, like Pacheco and any of these other guys, not super sure that he's above replacement. Like they could re-sign Sanders and Gainwell's worth the same or bring in somebody else equivalent to Sanders and Gainwell's worth the same. So both these backfields have Arby's who values will be revealed before the season starts but it's very likely that it could change during the draft and free agency and whatnot but Gainwell has a route to relevancy Pacheco has a route to relevancy Sanders has a route to relevancy and Sanders is actually on another team let's say the Giants don't re-sign Barkley and they sign Sanders I probably like Sanders a lot they just switch Penn State running backs or something yeah that's a different <laughs> I don't think that works out too good <laughs> like Penn State Penn State we're going Nittany Lions <laughs> Boston Scott is just a thorn in everyone's side. I want to call him Bart Scott all the time. I don't know why. I know you still do. Right, so in the show sheet, I don't even put Scott. I just put Boston Scott so I don't call him Bart by accident. <laughs>
All right, so let's move out of the backfields and move into some wide receiver positions, starting with the Eagles, or I guess keeping with the Eagles. We already touched a lot on Devonta Smith earlier in the show. Have we? We talked about him a little bit. Uh, he happened to be a my guy, my guy. What's oh, your guy? Um, so we know he is your guy. We touched a little bit on AJ Brown. Did AJ Brown change? Did his dynasty value change for you through this season? Do you think it got he got more valuable, less valuable? Like where where's AJ Brown sitting? AJ Brown stayed the exact same for me through this season. He was my wide receiver three coming in, and he's still my wide receiver three. Uh, that did not change. I've always had Jefferson, Chase, kind of depending upon the day, which one do I want? And then AJ Brown is yeah. right there, but behind those two by just a little. He's a lot more possession receiver than the other two. That doesn't mean he can't do the other stuff. And he's a yak monster. Doesn't matter. Good luck trying to game plan for him. Nice. You rank Devonta over AJ? AJ over Devonta, but it's a lot closer than consensus would have it. I have Devonta Smith just inside my wide receiver. 10 right now so a little higher than consensus most of them have them around wide receiver 12 13 by a few spots not by a lot but enough i mean i think i mean except for you i think pretty much everyone else had to have had aj brown go up in value this season all the question marks with going to the eagles like having devonta smith next to him with jalen hurts like what are these guys going to split up 2100 yards between the two of them oh and there's goddard like and and aj and aj brown's health concerns with you know the knees and all of that the last few seasons and he just kind of came in and he put up a wide receiver one season stayed healthy and jalen hurts can throw the football yeah you can Nick, how about you, A.J. Brown? Little do the listeners know, but MJ and I have constantly fought for D.J. Moore for a few years. <laughs> and in that very similar range where you could get D.J. Moore, A.J. Brown was going in that range. I've had D.J. Moore and A.J. Brown probably above consensus for a while. So A.J. Brown, like I had him above consensus, similar to MJ, as a Tennessee Titan, I had him higher. Then he goes to the Eagles here. I still have him like behind Lamb, but it's like consensus kind of caught up to where MJ and I are because that's that's where AJ Brown goes now is top five wide receiver off the board every single time um, so he's kind of like caught up to where I've liked him and where MJ's liked him here yep obviously like AJ Brown over Devonta Smith but similar to what MJ said I think they're a fantastic complement to each other where both of them can be valuable even with a rush first quarterback AJ Brown an absolute beast people might think that he's like in that 26 27 year old tier because of how long he's been in the league and at like 25 and a half, like people will take similar range like Tyreek Hill, Diggs, Cup. And I definitely, definitely, definitely prefer A.J. Brown. Probably consensus now, too. I think after this season, I, I agree with that. I would take A.J. Brown over those guys. Um, he, ha he had a great season. Okay, let's uh, move over to Kansas City wide receivers. So we had Juju, new to the team, Juju Smith-Schuster. We had rookie Sky Moore, who was heavily talked about coming into the season and was was kind of an interesting addition to the team. Wasn't quite sure how he would fit in. I think he was a little overvalued as a rookie. And then Kadarius Tony coming from the Giants into Kansas City. Kadarius Tony did get a touchdown in the game in the Super Bowl. And Sky Moore also had a touchdown. So Sky Moore, interesting, like was going very high in, in rookie drafts. 
and then we didn't see a whole lot of action from Sky Moore. Juju, also another frustrating fantasy player. He had a really good season a few years back in Pittsburgh because I had him. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, hey, is this Juju guy still playing football? So he had some really rough seasons, but maybe redeemed himself in Kansas City a little bit. And Kadarius Tony, another favorite of Mike's, kind of a freak of nature, isn't he? Has a lot of potential, but how, how do these three wide receivers all fit together and where do we find their fantasy value? Just go down the line what you would do with each one of these three players. Let's start with MJ. Juju, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony. Juju being a free agent worries me. Sky Moore is a little more of a gadget player. And then Kadarius Tony, I think, is the one of the three that I would want to own going forward from Kansas City. He's probably the one that's on Kansas City going forward. Uh, well, Sky Moore will be there, but he's he's undersized. He's shorter than I like for a wide receiver. And he looks more like a running back that's trying to play wide receiver. So he makes me very nervous. His number doesn't help. <laughs> Wearing number 24 does not help him. No. Uh, yeah. I think Darius looks a little more the part, and he's got a little more overall to steal. We're juiced to him. He's a little more exciting to watch. He almost took a punt return back in the Super Bowl. I would mm-hmm. much rather own a Kadarius Tony than Sky mm-hmm. Moore and hope that he breaks his jet sweep for a touchdown. And where with Kadarius Tony, I think he's just going to be more involved in the offense overall. Juju will be interesting to watch to see where he goes. I would be surprised if he gets re-signed by Kansas City. Mike, uh, this will be interesting from you too because, of course, with Tony coming from the Giants, and I know he wasn't a favorite player of yours, but I think you did see a lot of potential in Tony, right? Yeah, I mean, he's electric when he has the ball, when he, he when he can get the ball in his hands, uh, when he can get him to play, when he doesn't have a hamstring issue. and. So where do you rank those three players in Dynasty moving into next year? What, what would you be doing with them? Juju, I'd probably be looking to buy low. I think anywhere else he's going to go he's got a shot to kind of be a target hog that's where he thrives he's got the upside of being a top five wide receiver scoring just on targets alone I don't know why he didn't do that there Sky Moore I was really low on him going into the draft season this offseason not really a guy I'm probably acquiring he really didn't do anything this year to make me even want to go ahead and buy the dip I I just think it's just going to keep going I don't think this is a dip Tony he's like kind of going up too much in value right now for me to even want to target him now the people have him want to keep him and and at this point he's kind of like getting that Gabe Davis thing where oh he scored a couple touchdowns in a playoff game let's bump him up and all of a sudden people are you know paying like high-end wide receiver two prices for these guys and that's just not what they are Fair point. why is Juju maybe not staying in Kansas City like what is it about Juju I mean I feel like he's a good wide receiver why are they not hanging on to him oh so he kind of like fits a, a fairly easy to replace role uh just the guy over the middle that is a target hog Kansas City has Kelsey. Nobody's replacing him doing that. Pittsburgh replaced him because they had three other guys that were able to do similar things. So he's not unique enough to be a guy that you're like, I have to have him because he is so good here. He's kind of like just a guy that gets lost in the mix. He is a very good complimentary wide receiver to an alpha wide receiver, but he believes that he is an alpha wide receiver and that is the problem. 
Like when Antonio Brown was in Pittsburgh and Juju was there. Antonio Brown is going to get the double covered, so then Juju is going to be able to feast off that. Now that the coverage is rolling Juju's way, he's not able to be good enough to break out of those double coverages or even break a good single coverage. So he's just okay. not able to produce the way he needs to. So he's going to have to go somewhere else that has a solid alpha wide receiver. A number on one, side. an alpha yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if he goes somewhere like that, I'll okay. be interested. Makes if sense. he doesn't, I don't want him. Should have went to Green Bay. Yes. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. I don't know if he could have beaten Cobb out, but yeah, that would be inter- that would be an interesting move for Juju, and it would be it would probably be good for Green Bay. But all right, Nick, real quick, Juju Skymore, Kadarius Tony, what are you doing with them in Dynasty? So Skymore and Kadarius Tony each had one target, one catch, one touchdown in the Super Bowl. Juju had nine targets. He absorbed a ton of the targets. Kelsey had six, caught all six, outperformed everybody else but i think juju signed with kansas city because he's signing with a chance to win a super bowl congrats you won a super bowl and on a prove it deal and i'm not sure he like really proved it to where it's like now you're gonna get super paid but he plays call of duty and stuff with Mahomes and everybody else so <laughs> maybe that means they're a little more incentivized to resign him bros you know get the squad back together <laughs> squad <laughs> with juju if he loses enough in the offseason do they resign him <laughs> yeah so it's like with a non-tiktok clause or something um it's the kyler murray clause uh, in this country he has this yeah. study football <laughs> is the clause yeah. can't play too much call of duty no call of duty he's not an older one he's one of the more desirable free agents going into next year he's just barely 26 so he's still got a, a mm. lot of tread on his tires so wait a wait and see approach with juju he is probably going to hold his current value going into next year depending on where he goes i don't know that it necessarily goes down a whole lot from here i don't think it can go down from here because it's pretty low right now (laughs) it's already pretty low for someone who could be a wide receiver two status you know what i mean and he's not being taken as a wide receiver two so i kind of like juju as a value compared to what he could be and what his floor potentially would be uh juju is i suppose by cheap but not excited about it yeah Sky Moore, rumor has it the extra Y in his name came from fantasy managers screaming it into the sky after drafting him this rookie offseason. Why? (laughs) Why Sky? Sky Moore, I'm probably Sky Fool, thanks, I've had enough. I don't know if I want any more. The sky was definitely the limit. Yeah. The ground was the limit for him. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sky was indeed falling and has continued falling. Yeah. The sky was falling. <laughs> the sky fell. All right. Puns aside, if Juju leaves and Kadarius Tony is the best wide receiver on the team, I don't know. Maybe more opportunities for Sky. But like Mike said, he really hasn't flashed anything that makes me want to go buy the dip where it's like, ooh, you know, he didn't do a lot, but he flashed. He didn't really flash. Yeah. Darius Tony did flash. There's the other things going on there where it's like mentally with Tony, but he has the raw talent. So if they don't bring in like a stud wide receiver, I can see Kadarius Tony getting used more and more and more, especially if you have like kick return, punt return leagues, unless he flashed in the Super Bowl where he almost got the first punt return in Super Bowl history. I, I like Tony. It's similar to what Mike said. He's being probably overvalued a little bit just for 
having the Kansas City Chiefs logo next to his name when you're drafting. Probably same deal with like Sky Moore, but probably Sky Moore, Tony, both a little overvalued. Tony, I'm kind of actually excited to have, even though I don't want to pay the price tag. And Juju, probably appropriately valued to undervalued compared to what he will be by the time the season starts. All right, good deal. And uh, bringing up the rear, my favorite subject, everybody loves a good tight end. Uh, being as we've been out of time for a good 30 minutes or so, uh, let's finish this out with my... We can, do, we can do the fire round. The fire round. This is definitely the fire round. You know, we can call it the hemorrhoid round. <laughs> that doesn't sound quick. And... But it's on fire and it's, you know, the rear end, the tight end. <laughs> uh... Okay, cut. Right. Cut. Cut that out. <laughs> Rewind. Wait, fired? Tight ends. Of course, we have the ultimate freak of nature, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the guy is ridiculous. He's a superhuman. Just when you think you're like, all right, he's got to slow down at some point. It's like he gets better and better. So Travis Kelsey holding strong, tight end one. Does he move at all for you guys? I mean, I know you guys are like super obsessed with age and Travis Kelsey. How old is Travis Kelsey? Do we know? Very. A hundred and 57? 39, 40, 62. No, but for real, how old is he? 33. 33 years old. Okay, which is really just still a baby. But in football years, it's like dog years. It's like seven years for everyone. Um, so in football years, I mean, Travis Kelsey is definitely past his prime as a tight end. But the guy is amazing. He's obviously Patrick Mahomes' absolute favorite target. I am going to continue drafting him. In a tight end premium league, you cannot beat the value on Travis Kelsey. He is a champion championship winning piece. In most leagues, Nick has given me this stat. In most leagues in the championship, they have Travis Kelsey on the roster. It's worked out that way in previous seasons. And he's there for a reason. Does he slip at all for you? Does he slip at all for you with his age? Or is he tight end one? What, what are you doing with him in Dynasty? As long as he's in Kansas City, as long as he's in that system, he's going to be my tight end three. Tight end three? Two. Sorry. Andrews, Kelsey, take your pick. I think you could argue either How one. old is Andrews? 27. Six years younger. So he's like prime. Correct. He's in his prime. Is that, what's prime age for tight ends? Because they're a little... 27, 28, 29. 27, 26. Okay, okay. Yeah, later than wide receivers. Right. It's not 25 to 28 like a wide receiver, so a little later. Mike, I, I know you're not as excited. You're not as excited about. You're excited about what? Travis Kelsey, as I am. But I mean, I'm super excited about Travis Kelsey. It's just it gets to a point where like, how much are you willing to invest for the? Eventually, you got to be holding the bag. It's gonna happen. Like he's not gonna play until he's forty. You know, let's say you get another tight end season, tight end one season out of him. I mean, maybe you get another one. I just don't know how long they're going to be. But it's like, is the tight end position that position that you're willing to gamble a little more on? because you can pick up some tight ends on the waiver wire week to week that may end up giving you just enough that should that, should Travis, Kel I don't even want to say it out loud. I can't do it. But should that moment happen that we all dread so much, you know, you got somebody who you can plug in, but he was worth the risk should he go on to have the season he's been having. I mean, it could be worth the risk. I mean, it really comes down to like, how much is the price going to drop for somebody else right now? I mean, because if you ask somebody who has Kelsey, they probably won or were in the playoffs or have an older team or more of a win-now team. They're not going to trade him. Rebuilders don't have Kelsey, 
so it's not like you can get him for a discount. Like maybe somebody got stuck with Brady or Rogers as mm. you know as they're getting older, and you can get a discount on them. None of those guys had Kelsey. Okay. So it was like a, it's like just like a, such a weird thing to try to value. If you're doing a startup, he's going to go early. If you need to trade for him, he is one of your competitors has him. Yeah, he's just such a unique character in the fantasy world. Nick, you on Travis Kelsey? I know you're a George Kittle guy uh, because you practically are twins. Twins. Where where do you rank Kelsey? Where is he? Your tight end what? We had this debate in the offseason how big of an advantage it was to have Travis Kelsey as your tight end versus all your opponents who have to start a tight end every week and who they had to start. And the difference between having Travis Kelsey and even the number two tight end was a greater disparity than having the number one RB versus the 15th RB, the number one wide receiver versus the 15th wide receiver. That was the gap between like the number one and number two tight end when we were looking at it at that point. Like the advantage that he gives you in this game that we draft these players to play is it's exponential. So how exactly do you value that? Yes, it's a ticking time bomb. You risk holding the bag, but you like the point that you were just making there that you're taking other tight ends, you have other things. I think that might just be a little bit underappreciated because we've talked about it over and over. The back end tight end one turnover every year. It's new people. It's people you never would have thought were there. People who you thought were there who get drafted there fall 10 slots and then they're not worth squat because they're outside of a tight end one and you only have to play 12 in a league every week. Having Travis Kelsey until it fizzles all the way out, I'm a little more willing to do that. And of course, it's probably going to be now that he'll, God forbid, tear his ACL this next season or something. We don't speak of that. We don't... No, 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 no. Because all it would take is one major your injury and Kelsey's done. It's a wrap. Stop it. Like his brother is considering retiring. Yeah. But until that point, he's going to stick at my tight end too. I want him a little more than Kyle Pitts. Yep. You get longevity, but it's different than the other positions. Just tight end this way. I am not going to play the age long game because the turnover is so drastic. I want to take the one guy who's been in our a, a tight end one or tight end two for six, seven seasons in a row. And I'm just going to say that if I'm trying to win this year in a startup, which the draft that all of us are doing right now, I ended up picking Kelsey, third tight end off the board at 4.08. Wow, that's pretty good. Picked him over like Cup and Diggs, but it was tight end premium. Okay. Kelsey falling a little bit. Everyone's looking at age 33. It makes sense. I get it. I'll take him out of the 4.08. My strategy basically is if it comes back to me on the clock and Kittle Hawkinson and Goddard are still there. I probably shouldn't have taken him. And I usually don't get him. And I probably overdrafted him just a little bit on this draft because it came back. And, uh, you know, these other guys were on the board. Hawkinson got picked in between. But, oh. I think it was a great pick. I, I don't have a problem with it, especially if you're actually trying to win it in the first year at a startup. Investing in Travis Kelsey as a late fourth, I am I can take that kind of value. Okay, so you mentioned Dallas Goddard. What a season. Came in really strong, had injury, 
midseason, which really hurt if he was on your fantasy roster because he was a staple. He was consistent week to week. He was getting a lot of targets from Jalen Hurts. Goddard is definitely a, a target of Hurts week to week. One of the top tight ends that if you miss out on the Travis Kelsey's, the Mark Andrews, the TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard should be an absolute target of yours. He was a force and a beast and he makes some ridiculous catches out there. He definitely was a standout for me this season. I feel like he moved up and I would very confidently be drafting him as a tight end on any roster. I I think you guys all liked him and always had him as a higher tight end. Did he move more for you in Dynasty? Do you find more value than you did from the beginning of the season to now? I have him a little higher. Um, He's moved up the entire season. I had him a little lower. He was kind of on that fringe tight end five, six, eight range, and he's definitely moved in towards kind of that top five consideration, top three, five is where I would put him now. Hmm. I could argue him versus Pitts. I could argue him versus Hawkinson. I could argue him versus Kittle. It would be an interesting argument. I don't know that I would completely believe it, but <laughs> I would think Dallas Goddard would be around tight end five for me right now. Tight end four or five. Mike, rank your top five for me. Is, is Dallas Goddard in top your top five. five? I think so. He's my tight end six. Might be. All right. Name, yeah, name your top five. Yeah, and if he's yeah. out of the fifth, if he's your sixth, then yeah. give it. Who do we got? It's like something like Andrews, Hawk, Pitts, Kelsey, maybe Goddard or Kittle or Goddard. Wow. Kittle would be that far down for you? <laughs> I think Hawk's going to end up being a tight end one by the end of next season. Yeah. he had a, he had His move was fantastic for him. Uh, yeah. Especially. Especially with like an aging deal, and I like yeah, if if, yeah. if anyone's gonna end up taking like over like the Andrews Kelsey spot, I think he's got a shot at it. Unless Pitts gets a quarterback and puts together a season, but I'm really high on Hawk going into Hawk going into this year. All right, so Nick, you you just said he was your tight end six. Name name your top six tight ends. Well, you can't name your top six tight ends without naming two Hawkeyes. So on that alone, I absolutely love it. Noah Fant. <laughs> I don't think Noah Fant is making top six. <laughs> I, I didn't say top 15. I said top five, and that would be three tight ends. Top 16. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Nick. Who are they? Uh, we still have Andrews on a team where I think I can win in the first year. I would rather have Kelsey over any of the other tight ends. After that, uh, I would probably be willing to bank on Kyle Pitts getting a better quarterback because it would be really hard to get a worse one. Um. <laughs> There's only up from here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of Desmond River? George Kittle is my most rostered tight end. It's going to be hard to get him off my team no matter whether his uh, quarterback is Lance or something less purdy. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I would probably prefer Hawkinson as my tight end four, and I believe what Mike says is that if you had to pick a tight end who isn't Andrews, Kelsey, or Pitts, who has a chance to be the tight end one in a season, who would you pick? It would be Hawkinson. He's two and a half years younger than Goddard. I mean, like, I guess he is three years older than Pitts. Uh, Hawkinson has flashed it, and he landed on a team that uses it. And looks pretty. I know nobody wants a tight end who's married to cousins, but... Kissing cousins. Made me laugh too hard, though. <laughs> 
this is what you get there. So if uh, Kyle Pitts stays down in the pits, I could see Hawkinson riding up there, probably split Goddard and Kittle and go ahead and roll with Kittle as tight end five and Goddard tight end six. But if you're doing startup drafts right now, the actionable piece of advice is if you can get one of these top six guys, the cheapest one, which is usually Goddard, sometimes Kittle, that is the best value because you get somebody who's probably going to be finishing weekly in this top six range for the cheapest price. So if I'm approaching a draft right now, I've been getting a lot of Goddard because he's going later than these other ones. I can get him out of value. Interesting to listen to the way the three of you rank these tight ends. I mean, Mike had Hawk as possibly a tight yeah. end one. You have Hawk down at tight end four? Well, three. You had him at three? I have him at three. But Nick had him farther down. Yeah. He was more of a yep. four. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to be honest, and this is just me being me, and you guys do all the stats and spreadsheeting, and I don't. I just go off of, like, girly emotional feelings, and I would pick all of those guys over Kyle Pitts. Call me crazy, but I was right on Amon Ra, <laughs> and Pitts is the Pitts for me right now. So I'm not basing anything on statistical numbers. I'm basing it off of, like, mm -hmm. what have you done for me lately that Nick likes mm -hmm. to say? What have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. I'm picking all of those guys over Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry. They all they all played. You can say anything and follow it with, but I was right about Amon Ra, and they have to believe you. So. But I was right about Amon Ra, and so I'm right about everything. Yeah, Amon Ra. You'll be happy to know that I have Kyle Pitts as my tight end six. Ooh. Okay, so MJ and I are closer. Like, we're on the same page. <laughs> yes, I have him lower than consensus. Okay. Like, I am definitely not picking him anywhere close to the top three, and that's not even happening. Yeah, I'm probably not taking a tight end there, so. No, I usually yeah. so is Pitts a buy? Yeah. Is Pitts a buy then? If you run into someone who thinks he, who has him uh, closer to six than into one kind of thing. Oh, so you're saying would you go out and target him if he's fallen in the ranks like he has? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you think he's a buy? I'm not buying him. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're not buying who? Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Why wouldn't you buy Pitts? He's, for some people, he's dropped way too low. Mm. I mean, unless I'm getting him as like a throw-in on like a Miles Gaskin trade, well, think maybe. Of, think it's like someone like you, like, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. And they had pits and they paid all this for pits and now they want to get rid of pits. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm it not happens. willing to take him if it's like stupid not to, but I'm not seeking out Kyle Pitts. But you know me, I don't really trade anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on an insulting limb and say anyone that drafted Kyle Pitts in a rookie draft probably isn't making the best decisions. <laughs> Now where you had to draft him in his rookie draft, he was going insanely yeah. high. And are you yeah. happy you took him over Trevor Lawrence? Better not be. Justin Fields. Oh man, that was that happened in one. I <laughs> traded down. Uh. Oh yeah, forget week three, 2020. I traded the 101 for the 103 and like the 203 mm -hmm. or something. And he didn't take Lawrence. He took Pitts. Oh, mm -hmm. that's the Pitts. Kyle. Oof. And I still got Najee at the 103. I remember oh, that. Oh, that was a good deal. That was a good deal. He paid a second round pick and. <laughs> We are officially way out of time. It is way past our bedtime. Mike's got some silk pajamas to slip into. I'm sorry I kept you all up. Oh no, I'm just I'm just taking all my clothes off. We're good. Woo! So this just took a whole different turn. Yes. We just entered the OnlyFans part of the show. RDT after yeah. Dark. Mike's giving us a timer to get out of here. Dang. <laughs> he only has so many pieces of clothing. <laughs> I have three. I don't, not a lot of time. You know, Mike, you're not the one I got that. I, I didn't
the one stripping down to the show first. I'm just saying. You thought it was gonna be me? <laughs> I really, I pegged MJ as it's the fair, stripper of fair, the show. It's but fair, it's fair. Well, obviously, yeah. obviously. I'm the wild one. Well, Matt Reller, we do appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight on the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. It is always, always, always a pleasure having you anywhere around, whether it be in our leagues or on the podcast or invited back anytime. Awesome. So we value your information and thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a great place. I would love to come back and talk to you guys some more. I'm sorry I kept you up so late. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're always up late. <laughs> Yeah, all right, good. It's only 10.17. It's early. Nick had, Nick had to go moving into central time, so we're, like, even farther back than we were. But that's okay, because yes. he's gone country, and we love it. I brought you into my West Coast time, so we're going to keep you up. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in, Mike and I are East Coasters, so we're, you know, like, way past our bedtime. But Sorry. to all of our faithful fans who listen in weekly, or to all of our new fans who have chosen to take part in their listening pleasure. We thank you for listening to the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast. We certainly hope week to week we're giving you actionable information for you to go back and make moves in your fantasy leagues. And as always, we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and definitely go check out the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast on rankedrafttrade.com and make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. So we are out for the evening and we will see you back next week. Peace, love, and fantasy dreams. Oh, and peace, love, and prosper, people. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it was good. (laughs) It was good. It was good. It was so good.